check, one, two, one, two. Uh huh, uh huh. Mic check, one, two, one, two. Mic check, one, two, one, two. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of a continuous stream of my consciousness with Aaliyah Renee. I am your host, Aaliyah Renee. And on this week's episode, I'm just happy to be back. If you saw last week's episode, we was getting vulnerable, y'all. We was slugging. Um, I took a little break and I'm back now and I'm blessed and I have the fire of the Lord and the Lord is speaking to me. So you know what? I'm just a mouthpiece. I'm just a mouthpiece. Um, I'm really excited for this episode because this has been an episode that I've been trying to record for a very long time. But something about me and something that I say a lot, and if you're close to me in my circle and you're close enough to know about my spiritual walk, um, which is very few, you'll understand that I never want to put myself on a platform if I'm not living right for Jesus, okay? I don't want to be the type of person that talks about faith and like faith walks when my faith walk and my house is not in order because I don't think that's being a good steward. I don't think that's being a good leader. And ah, isn't it crazy that I'm saying this? I'm walking in the authority that like, yeah, I'm a leader. I'm speaking the word of the Lord. I'm a teacher. I'm teaching a little bit. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's okay. But I I have learned that it's, dis, it's disingenuous to come on here and talk about things that I'm not practicing. And as you see by the title, we're talking about sin and repetitive sin and breaking cycles of sin which i talk about in another podcast episode that isn't officially a podcast that you won't get on spotify but if you go to our youtube channel our yes our god and eyes god and eyes youtube channel you'll see it there um where i talk about why you keep going back to the same sins we're basically going to talk about that but with better more practical steps um, on how you can conquer it. I think that episode was more like comforting. Like, it's okay. We understand. Like, sometimes you have patterns. You need to break those patterns. Here is like, okay, we're going to tell you why you're sinning. We're then going to tell you that it's okay to feel bad about sinning. It's actually a great thing to feel bad about sinning. We're going to tell you that you have victory through it. And now we're going to talk about doing the work. And doing the work part is a part where like, you might not like me, you might hate what I'm saying. You might be like, oh, she's doing too much. She's being a little too Christian, but I'm sorry. I got these little arm warmers on. I posted a picture on my Instagram um, a couple days ago with these on, and I love them. They're actually leg warmers, but I'm wearing them on my arms because I just think they're cool. So yeah, I'm excited to start. Before we get started, I want to start with a prayer. Thank you, Lord Jesus. For this day. Thank you for the listener who's on the other side of the screen. Um, oh Lord God, I ask that you would prepare their heart and let it be good ground to receive a revelation from you, Father, and that you would speak to them right at their point of need, right when they needed it, oh Lord Jesus. Even if they have overcome a sin or if they have just struggled with a sin, let them know that your grace is sufficient for them. Let them know that if they come to you with a pure heart of repentance, a pure heart of wanting to turn away, that you will meet them where they are and help them in the journey of transformation. Oh Lord God, I, I ask that you would bless my heart you bless my mind allow me to focus bless my tongue and anoint it so that it be a sharp sword to be able to deliver your word and be a mouthpiece but also to cut off those things from the listener that is not of you oh lord god and that you would be able to illuminate to them patterns in their lives that may be leading them to sin oh lord god that they repetitively do i ask that you would comfort them in the fact that they have freedom in christ jesus oh lord god and if they do not know you i ask that you would 
allow them to have an illumination and a knowledge of you in Jesus' mighty name we pray and a hunger to get closer to you. Amen. Woo! Guys, I feel good. I feel so good. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about sin, okay? I just want to start this podcast off by letting you know controversial but there will never be a time in your life where you don't sin there will never be a time in your life that you don't struggle with some sort of sin i'm gonna tell you like my little you know way of life i really can't remember sins that i struggled with when i was like a young kid um maybe it was a little bit of lust but not lust like watching porn because i didn't end up watching porn until i was like 20 years old like i think i was 21 when i watched porn for the first time but leading up to it, I think maybe idolatry. I idolatrized, I idolicized. See, I was in my prayer time and I, I was like, what's the word? Idolatrized? Idolicized. That sounds wrong. I idolized. I idolized a lot of things and I did not commit my time to the Lord. Oh, I need to start my timer. I did not commit my time to the Lord appropriately and I wasn't surrendering all things to him. And I think that sort of led to idolatry where I was putting like literally everything before God. God was like beyond the side chick. He wasn't even getting the weekends. Like it was bad. And then I remember when I went into my 20s, I started liking boys. But it's funny because when I watched porn, it wasn't because it was like, I'm horny and I want to watch porn and I want to... It wasn't that. Um, And as you can tell, this episode is going to be raw because I want to relate. I want to get to the level where I think... I was at and where I needed to be and what I needed to hear. So this is for me like at 22, struggling with lust. Um, But I watched it because I was curious because everyone else around me had watched it and I didn't. So I'm like, what is this? So I like went on Twitter and then there was like something or you know what it was? It was TikTok. I saw a TikTok of this girl who was like an online (laughs) entertainer. Um, and she was like, yeah, I got this new video out. I'm like, oh, video. What do you mean video? So I'm like, in the, based on the comments, I'm like, I'm probably going to see naked people in this. But I clicked it anyway because I'm like, I've never seen porn before. Like, I think I watched like, you know, when you watch like the HBO specials, you're going to see some boobies. OK, which is why I've cut off HBO. But I've seen that, but I've never seen porn. So I was curious. I wasn't like in a state of like lustfully searching out something to fulfill a desire i just wanted to go and watch it so i watched it and it was again just curiosity i was looking at it i'm like oh that's weird but there was so much to watch and for someone who was a consumer i love youtube i love content i love media i'm like this is like uh, there's so many things and each of them has like a little storyline and it was like the the devil was like yeah it's chill like it's chill as long as you don't like masturbate when you're watching this like it's not a problem right like you're just like entertaining you're just like looking at it because it's entertainment and that to me would be me justifying the sin so i would i would go and i'd click on it i didn't masturbate but there would be times where you would see it and you'd be like oh what's that person doing like what is she doing what's what's this guy doing blah 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 and it opened up a hole for curiosity but to me i was like oh but i'm not masturbating so it's fine and then um i think i had been watching it just watching for like a couple weeks and i was like i want to try what they're doing in the video so i did and then the porn addiction became a porn and masturbation addiction and then that developed this sin of lust that from the age of 21 to 22 pushing it to 23 
pushing it and probably trickling over into 23 i had a lust addiction i had an addiction to porn um and the things that came with it things of that nature and this was the sin where i felt like i really couldn't get out of it and this is where i think hearing something like this podcast would have helped me in that state where i was in sin fully acknowledging that i sinned had sorrow and didn't want to commit the sin but also kind of needed someone to be like okay we get it boohoo you keep falling back to the same sin but what are you doing to enable yourself to that sin i needed this podcast to straighten your girl out okay so here we go that's like my storyline i believe that the lord has the lord has not me but the lord has allowed me to overcome that struggle with the sin of lust and now i'm dealing with all different types of sins not like crazy but like sins that i didn't deal with before so like cursing and profanity dealing with that listening to secular music and having vanity or pride those are now new sins and those sins can sometimes lead me back to old sins like having pride and thinking that i don't need god will make me sort of like slip back and fall back into sins because i'm no longer relying on him i'm relying on me because i think oh i'm the one who got me out of this situation like it was my willpower and strength that stopped me from clicking those websites but in reality it was a lord transformation and renewal of my mind that stopped me from having the desire for those things in the first place and i look into this camera i look you deep into the eyes and i tell you that some days i will get spiritually attacked so strongly by the spirit of lust which we in the carnal world like to consider i'm horny the spirit of lust okay let's not sugarcoat these things the spirit of lust would tempt me to watch porn or masturbate and that is still a struggle that i deal with but because i have tools i don't actually commit this in i'm able to stop i'm able to recognize the spirit stop it at the spiritual level so that it doesn't manifest into sin okay so let's start getting into scripture because you know me i love me i love me some scripture but i will say i do want to reiterate as i said before you're never going to be perfect so whether this video you clicked on this video because you just did a sin that you told yourself you were never gonna do again and you did it now what um whatever that is whether you cuss out your mama whether you watch that naughty site or you beat somebody up or you stole from dollar tree like let's let's break it down you're never gonna be perfect and there will always be something in your life that you struggle with because we're in a fleshly body we're, we're never gonna be perfect and Jesus actually shows us the difficulty in obeying this law. So obeying the Bible, obeying the book, obeying the Ten Commandments is hard because the law is very much like, don't do this. And when Jesus was here in Matthew, he would challenge the Pharisees who thought they were righteous and worthy. He was like, okay, just because you don't cheat on your wife or your spouse, or just because you don't go out and sleep around, even if you just look at someone and like, dang, she fine, like, booty fat that in and of itself is a sin which is showing us how our flesh is so futile and how strongly the law is and like how like strict the law is like we can never ever ever be perfect so innately we are going to sin once we acknowledge this we can we can stop living in this like delusional la la land where it's like oh that wasn't really a sin no you sinned 
And it's okay that you sin. It's okay that you're a Christian and you struggle with sin because you are still a living being with flesh. It's not abnormal. I'll say maybe it's not okay, but I'll say that it's not abnormal for Christians to deal with sin because we still live in this world. We're in the world, not of it, but we're also in these fleshly cages that has its own desires that we have to kill and we have to die to our flesh every day, which is like, hey, I want to sin. And you're like, no, you deny your flesh. You deny yourself every day. And that's a process that you have to accept and acknowledge as a human being. That's a Christian living on earth. Once you realize that and like not really like pity yourself, like, why am I going through this? Like everyone goes through temptation, even like the best pastors to a first day Christian. Everyone is going to deal with sin. It's just going to look differently. And some of us have different sins that we deal with. And some of us have different tools to deal with those sins. Some sins are more discreet or quiet, like cussing somebody out. Like it's like, oh, he just cussed somebody out. Like sometimes it's funny to like just cuss somebody out. But you watching porn? Oh, you have same-sex attraction and you're acting on it? Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. You feel what I'm saying? So depending on the sins, it can it can be like more like, ah, out in the open. And people have something to say about it. Versus the other sins, which tend to be more secretive. But all sin is equal unto the Lord. Okay? Glad we got that out. Knocked out the box. Let's go to Psalms 51 verse five and six. So this is David now. David just committed a sin, okay? He committed a sin in which he committed adultery. So he took somebody's wife, but in order to take his wife, he put him out on the front fields of the battlefield and essentially sent him to die so that he could have his wife, which was a sin in the eyes of the Lord. So this is after he did this and now David is coming to the Lord. It says in verse five of Psalms chapter 51, that we see David is acknowledging that we're going to be dealing with sin since the day we're born because we're born into sin in these fleshly bodies. In verse 5, it says, Surely I was sinful at birth, sin from the time my mother conceived me. Yet you desired faithfulness even in the womb. You taught me to be, you taught me wisdom in that secret place. So we see that first part in verse 5, it says, We're born into sin. So as soon as we enter into this world, it's going to be a continuous battle against that fleshly body that we live in. And the spirit that has been taught this faithfulness and has taught this wisdom of the Lord. So then every day you wake up and it's a choice to be either walking into your sin or you are ex- killing the sin and you're walking in the spirit. Then in Romans 7 verse 15, uh, verse 15 to verse 20, this is Paul speaking. We love Paul. We love him. He carries he carries the New Testament. He has so much wisdom. This is one of everyone's like favorite verses. Um, so if you start at verse 15, it says, I do not understand what I do. And listen closely for y'all who've never heard this before. It's kind of like his little soliloquy. He goes on a little monologue, but I think it really, it hits home for a lot of Christians who find themselves falling into sin when they really, they don't want to do it. He says, I do not understand what I do for what I want to do. I do not do. But what I hate, I do. So he's saying, the things that I want to do, walking right with the Lord, following him, I don't do them. But the things that I hate, the sins that I keep going, the sins that I hate, I keep going back to. I keep doing it. In verse 16, it says, and if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. So he's saying, if I'm in right standing and like I'm doing good, I'm like, yeah, the law, 
all them Ten Commandments, y'all should be following the Ten Commandments. Because you ever get to that place where it's like, you know, you're obeying God, like you're walking on the straight and narrow. So it's like, yeah, y'all, come on, y'all, y'all should be following this Bible. So that's what he's saying in verse six, 16. If he does what, and if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. So he's like, if I do what I do not want to do, he agrees that the law is good. So he's saying that if he does the things that he doesn't want to do, that law, you need to have that law to keep us in check. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but sin living in me. So again, we can see that he's also showing us that there's a separation. The same, the same thing that I said, we have this spirit man that is connected to the Lord and that wants to do right by the Lord. It wants to live in right standing to the Lord, but it's within this fleshly body. So we're dealing with every single day the choice to be walking in the spirit or walking in the flesh. Then it says, for I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. So again, he's just reiterating the fact that he knows that Deep down inside, it's always going to be a battle between that fleshly desire of sin and that Christian holy desire to do well and do right by the Lord and um, to hold on to his word and not to sin. But instead, he finds himself doing the sin that he doesn't want to do and not doing the things that the Lord has asked him to do through the word. And then finally, he ends in verse 20. Now, if I do what I do, now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is a sin that living that's living in me that does it. So the main takeaway I want you to take from his soliloquy, his monologue, his Shakespearean little runoff. And the thing that I think that resonates with a lot of Christians when they see this verse is this idea that Paul, Saul to Paul, who on the road of Damascus had a big transformation, like a huge transformation, like no doubt does he believe that Jesus is Lord. He literally puts his life on the line for Jesus all the time. But even he suffers with sins. And one of the most wise men who ever wrote in the New Testament is now saying, despite all the things that I know that I shouldn't do, despite having encounters with Jesus, despite having this change, despite putting my life on the line for the faith and for this book, I still disobey the things that the book says. Like, that's insane. So it's also really humbling and it puts into perspective, like, what more am I? Little Aaliyah at 23, who's really just kind of like starting to get on fire for Jesus as I struggle with sin and I struggle with things. If even Paul, who struggled, who who literally was the closest I could ever think to having this amazing wisdom and application of Jesus's words, if even he struggles with sin, who am I? Little baby Christian in comparison. You know what I mean? So I think once we recognize that, we're not safe from sin that sin is always going to be there temptation is always going to be there because that's just the way that we walk in life we're able to have a different outlook not this like what was me like why is this happening to me like why am i always like being tempted no girl you won't be tempted because you're in the you're living in a fleshly body so what are we gonna do about it it's like when you're you walk into a battlefield you're like what it was a war oh my gosh versus being like oh i know there's gonna be a war um tomorrow at 2 p.m. so I'm gonna get ready and armed up I'm gonna take control of the situation that I'm being placed in and then the last one I want to tell you to sort of reassure you that no one is safe from sin no matter who you are is first Corinthians chapter 10 verse 12 to 13 it says so if you think that you are standing firm 
be careful that you don't fall. And this is the place sometimes I find myself in. When you feel like you've conquered a sin, and I think sometimes that's those are like the hardest things when you go back to a sin again after not doing it for a couple months and you're like, dang, I really thought like I conquered it. But it's not you who's conquering it. It's God's transformation in you that removes the desire for that sin. As soon as you think you're the one and you're the reason why you've overcome a sin, that is as soon as you make yourself vulnerable to attacks of the enemy. Because you're now no longer relying on God, but you're relying on your flesh. And remember, our flesh is the one that wants to sin. So as soon as we take God out of the equation, we've lost. So he says, so if you think you're standing firm, if you think you're doing good, be careful that you don't fall. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind, which basically means like we all going through it. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. This is fire. I love this scripture. Um, I have this highlighted and underlined and like posted on my prayer wall. Um, It says, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted. So any sin that you encounter, he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Isn't that so encouraging to hear that in every situation that you are encountering a problem or a sin there's always a way of escape and the only reason why you're presented with this issue or this temptation is because you have already within you through christ the ability to evade the sin and to walk out in victory so it's an amazingly like oh my gosh that's so good like i can i can conquer everything but it also puts the responsibility on you now So it's like whenever you're in a situation, there's no temptation too strong. There's no horniness too thick. You know what I mean? There's no girl or guy that's too good looking that was like, no, I just couldn't. Like it was an impossible situation. I just couldn't escape the sin. Like it was just too strong. The temptation was too strong. No, no, wait, hold up. Because in here in Corinthians, it says there is nothing that you're presented with or tempted with that you can't overcome. So that puts now the responsibility on us to then say when a temptation arises i have to like put my big girl boots on and be like okay this is a test that i can overcome so let's overcome it not falter and be like oh the temptation is too strong there have been times where i feel like my whole body is being just like attacked and it's like i'm like i have to do it and i think like especially when it comes to like porn and stuff or masturbation will be like well the body needs a release and you need to there's other ways you can go to the gym you can get a release okay there's other things you can do besides watching porn okay and i think sometimes when we get like taken taken over or overtaken by these desires we're like no 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 like my body like we needed to do it because my body was aching and like i got blue balls baby mm-mm, no no there is nothing that you are tempted with beyond what you can bear but when you are tempted he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it and sometimes that way out isn't comfortable but but we're gonna get to that and as you can see i'm like i'm getting really raw and i'm getting vulnerable because i'm speaking to again like i said 21 year old Aaliyah that knows better that's going to church every sunday repenting for the sin and then going home in the week and still doing it hi <laughs> so Another thing that I want to say is it's good to have this Christian consciousness. So the idea that you even clicked on this video probably means that it's either like you have already conquered it and you're like, you, you just love a continuous stream of my consciousness and you're here to say, hey, or you may have gone through the sin and you're like, I feel terrible. So what can I do? 
and maybe the Lord has placed this in your feed or in your searches for you to watch. And having that conviction is a blessing. We want to be grateful for the fact that when we sin, we feel bad. That when we drink and we get drunk and, you know, we wake up the next morning, we're like, why did I do that? Lord, I'm sorry. Like having that is a blessing from the Lord. In 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 7, verses 9 to 11, we can see that there's a sorrow that comes from the Lord that we can call conviction. This conviction of the Holy Spirit if he lives within you. If you're saved, you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit as evidence of your salvation. And because of this, he's always tugging at your heart and he's like, hey, Leah, don't drink. <laughs> hey, Leah, maybe don't smoke weed. Hey, Leah, maybe don't click that website. Having that and even after the sin being like, Aaliyah, you shouldn't have done that. You think it's your consciousness, but a lot of the time, this is a sorrow that the Lord, this sorrow that comes from the Lord, this conviction of the Holy Spirit is trying to push us and lead us to restoration in him and repentance. Okay, so let's let's go to it. Second Corinthians chapter seven, verse nine to 11. Yet now I'm happy, not because you were made sorry, but because your sorrow led you to repentance. For you became sorrowful as God intended, so it were not harmed in any way but us godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret but worldly sorrow brings death see what is this godly sorrow has produced in you what earnestness what eagerness to clear yourselves what indignation what alarm what longing what concern what readiness to see justice done at every point you have proved yourself to be innocent in this matter so here we see that Paul is saying that we should rejoice in this sorrow that leads us to be super, super eager to clear ourselves, super, super eager to repent of these sins to the Lord, super, super ego, eager to, you know, have this, have this longing to reconcile and repent to our Savior. And we also see that he highlights two different types of sorrow. We have the one sorrow, which is the godly sorrow. This sorrow is a sorrow that leads to repentance. So it leads us back to God. Godly sorrow says, hey, I did something wrong but I'm going right back to my Abba Father and confessing it to him and being honest about it. But there's also worldly sorrow. This is, I like to call condemnation. There's a verse that says there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus, but there is conviction in Christ Jesus. You're not just going to like go around and be like, grace saves me, grace saves me. And like not, there's no repercussions or consequences. You will get convicted of it and turn back to repentance. That's that godly sorrow. But there is this worldly condemnation. Um, or this worldly sorrow that's condemnation that makes you feel really really guilty really really regretful and that can lead to spiritual death because if you have that sort of like guilt or like shame you're not going to want to see god you're going to try and hide from god like adam and eve did um after they ate the apple and they were like hiding from god because they were naked in their sin and they're hiding from god instead when we talk about godly sorrow after sin we're like, hey, God, listen, I messed up, which is very much David's heart posture. David was, we talked about him before. Again, he did kill a man and sleep with his wife. Okay, he did do that. Howsoever, he also was a man who exhibited this godly sorrow that's talked about in 2 Corinthians because after David slayed the man and had intercourse with his wife and took her, he immediately acknowledges that he sinned it has this godly sorrow, this conviction, and then it leads him to repentance. He repents. So we can see this in, again, we're going to go back to Psalms 51 because this is David's like song or like little diary entry of the whole thing, apologizing for everything. Psalms 51, verse eight to nine. It says, well, actually, let's start at seven. It says, cleanse me with hyssop, which is basically like, Lord, clean me. 
He says, Lord, please clean me and I will be whole. I will be clean. Wash me, Lord, and I will be whiter than snow. So washing him of iniquity, washing him of sin. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out my iniquities. So iniquities are, again, another way of seeing sin. So he says, blot out, erase my iniquities. He's coming to the Lord. He's acknowledging that he sinned and he is repenting for it and asking the Lord to blot those out for him. So again, we see... First things first, we're always going to struggle with sin. But second thing second, once sin comes, it's okay to have this sort of like conviction or sorrow. Just make sure that it leads you back to God, not away from him. There have been so many times where I'd be like, I can't pray to the Lord because I just did blah, blah, blah. I just swore. I just drank last night and I feel terrible. But that is the, that's, that's worldly sorrow. That's drawing you away from God. That's condemnation. Conviction draws you to God. And it's like, hey, God, I sinned. I messed up. I did this. I confess to you. And I will do everything in my power to make sure that I don't do it again. And I do want to encourage you in this, where this walk where we deal with, you know, sin and temptation, that there is victory in Jesus. And I want to share with you some scriptures that, affirm this victory the first one is first corinthians chapter 15 verse 56 to 58 which shows us that in reality we can't do this battle of dealing with sin on our own but we need god we need jesus and with jesus we have victory it says the sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law but thanks be to god he gives us the victory through our lord jesus christ Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. So that first part, but thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So on our own, in our flesh, we know that there is death in sin. But with Jesus, he gives us life and life more abundantly and he gives us the power to conquer that sin. Again, we're going back to David. Okay, so this is now David has acknowledged his sin. David also has repented of his sin and asked for purity and to be cleansed by the Lord in repentance. And now we see that in victory of our sin, another victory is that we can share this with others. So even me today sitting down, having victory over those sins of swearing or profanity or drinking or um, lustful thoughts and lustful actions, I'm able to now sit in front of you in a podcast and hopefully bless someone from this and allow you to have freedom and scriptures that can comfort you um, when you're dealing with and going through this transformation in your life. It says here, Psalms 51, starting at verse 10, create in me a pure heart O God and renew a steadfast spirit in me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Rejoice to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your ways so that sinners will turn back to you. So again, in verse 13, that last verse, He says all of this to say, once we are restored to God after sin, our stories become testimonies for others to also be set free. So it's like a little ripple effect. It's really cool. It's like a domino. But it all starts with that acknowledgement and repentance. And then finally, in James 1, verse 12 and verse 14, we see that there's a blessing in enduring and overcoming temptation. So again, like I said, innate to human nature, we are going to want to sin because we live in flesh. But there's a victory that comes in um, this battle 
of the spirit and the spiritual growth that we go through every single time we're presented with sin or temptation and we deny it through christ it says here in james 1 verse 12 blessed is the one who perseveres under trials so those trials being those trials of temptation having stood the test that person will receive the crown of life that the lord has promised to those who love him and then if you jump to verse 14 it says but each person is tempted when they are dragged away from their own evil desires and enticed. So we see that temptation comes from our own evil desires, our own flesh, and our own enticements. But in verse 12, it says, those individuals who are able to persevere through that have a new, fresh reward of crowns in heaven of the Lord. And then finally, I want to give you some practical things. I also want to like kind of sit you down and ask the hard questions that no one really likes to ask. I will say when I was going through um, battling with my sin, I definitely gave my sin a lot of power. Sorry. Hopefully we're back. Sorry. I literally just started coughing like an insane amount. Um, But that just means we really got to say this part. Okay. So yeah, I'm going to give you a little tough love. I think when I was going through sin, I gave so much power to my sin. Um and i wouldn't acknowledge that god has provided us with ways of escape right we 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 saw that scripture where it says the lord is going to never tempt us beyond what we can overcome and he always provides us with some sort of way of escape so knowing that the onus is now on us as followers of christ to use the tools that he's given us and the knowledge that he's given us and that he knows that we have when we encounter sin and the first thing that we see is that Jesus was tempted by the devil. Imagine being tempted by the devil. Like, you think you think you could really, you know, one-two with the devil? Jesus was literally face-to-face with the devil, and the devil was tempting him. After a, a fast of 40 days and 40 nights, he's like, yo, just turn this stone into bread so you can eat after 40 days and 40 nights. And Jesus was in a fleshly body. He was human. He was fully man and fully God. So he was, he was hungry, it says in verse what is it it literally says verse one two three of matthew chapter four then jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil after fasting 40 days and 40 nights he was hungry and then the tempter satan comes to him in verse three and says if you are the son of god tell these stones to become bread and let's eat let's break this fast baby But then he responds to Satan with scripture saying, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So what we see is Jesus is showing us the posture and a perfect example of how to deal with temptation is to respond with scripture. Now, the second question to that is, if Jesus shows us the escape can sometimes be reading and responding with scripture, do we know scripture well enough? Are we equipped with the tools of the word well enough to recall scripture as jesus did just like that at a snap of a finger sorry i can't snap my finger with the left hand at the snap of the finger this wasn't even a good snap. hold on at the snap of a finger to recall scriptures to combat the devil and this was humbling to me because i'm someone who knows the bible but i don't know like scriptures and it challenged me to memorize scriptures that would set me free in times of temptation just as jesus did and being able to speak back the word 
that never returns void, that Bible that will never change the promises that are in the Bible, the Lord holds true to. So being able to remember what those promises are, like sometimes I'm in my prayer closet and I don't even have the words. I will just begin to pray scripture and that I'll let the scripture speak on my behalf of how I'm feeling. I'll just open the Psalms and I'll be like, listen, y'all, I need you to fight for my behalf because my enemies, they are surrounding me and I need deliverance. So knowing the scripture, that's the challenge so that you're able to employ it. And then again, the onus is on you, that way of escape. The way of escape can sometimes be scripture, just as Jesus shows us. So challenging yourself to know the scripture so that you're able to recall it is a whole other story. Then in Matthew 18, verses 7 to 9, we see Jesus again telling us something when we are sinning that we might need to do is to cut off and remove stumbling blocks it says starting at verse 7 woe to the world because of the things that cause people to stumble stumbling into sin such things must come but woe to the person through whom they come if your hand or foot cause you to stumble cut it off and throw it away it is better for your entire life to be maimed or crippled than to have two hands or two feet and be thrown into eternal hellfire If your eyes cause you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into the fire of hell. And of course, Jesus is taking it to this hyperbole, this extreme. But at its essence, he's asking us, identify the things that are leading you into temptation. What are those things? And he's saying, if I'm telling you to literally cut off your hand, what is it for you to cut out secular music or that TV show that is like a little bit lewd that's leading you into sin and temptation? What is it to cutting off those friends that may, the only time y'all hanging out is is to go to the club and drink? That's the only thing. We, We don't go to laser tag. We don't do no escape rooms. We just going out to drink. If I'm telling you it's better to cut off your your two arms, two legs, pluck out your eyes, what is it for you to distance yourself from friends who lead you into sin that you want to get out of? I don't know. I don't know. And once I read that, I'm like, yeah. I need to identify patterns and identify people that may be leading me into the sins that I don't want to commit anymore. And then once you do that, you have to have this resolve that you never want to go back to the sin again. And I think when I was on this journey where I'm like, yeah, I shouldn't be doing, I shouldn't be drinking or I shouldn't be watching porn. I was like, I'm going to stop doing it. But when the time came, I was like, okay, I'll just sin one more time. And like, it's okay. And we take for, we take for granted and we take advantage the grace that God gives us. But when you get to the point where it's like, yes, I'm saved by grace, but I never, ever, ever want to make it seem like I'm taking that gift of Jesus's life for the remission of my sins for granted and just be like all willy-nilly with it. Once I resolved in myself that I wasn't going to go back to a sin, once I was tempted again and approached with opportunities to sin, I, I viewed it, I viewed it differently. I viewed it as an opportunity to utilize the ways of escape through the word. I utilize it as a way to identify patterns and break cycles that may be leading me to those sins. And I, identified it as a way to glorify God by never going back to the sins and using the tools that he gave me and using the power of the Holy Spirit that is within me to set me free from those sins. And the moment that I did that, was I never tempted again? Uh, No, I was tempted again, probably tempted even stronger and more. 
But because the Lord knew that I had tools to be equipped to overcome the temptation, it was okay for the temptations to get stronger because it was like, okay, Lee, you've been in your prayer closet. This is what you, you want to be set free from the sin. And you have the scriptures, you know what to do. So the temptation is going to be stronger, but you have everything within you. I've never given you any temptation that is too much for you to bear. So once you realize that, like I've been saying, it puts the accountability on you in a way to rely more on God when these things happen. And when I say that there's tools to overcome it, don't let those tools be carnal tools or just carnal tools. I know sometimes it's like, oh, when you feel a type of way, go to the gym, do 10 push-ups, do this, do that. But the spirit, what the spirit? The spirit is still going to be there when you're doing them 10 push-ups. When you come back up for that 10th rep, the spirit is still going to be there. You need to learn how to bind and rebuke spirits that may try and come and tempt you. Bind and rebuke through the power of the Lord, through just as Jesus did through the word. Okay when those spirits try to come up in your room or if you're listening to baby making music and you're like mm, i wonder why i want to have sex i wonder why i want to baby make after listening to baby making music i wonder why chris brown gyrating on my screen got me want to gyrate with this girl in my fifth period come on let's we got to be realistic we got to stop coddling ourselves if we want to be set free from sin so if you've gone through sin and you're here because you're like i did it again what now this is the what now Get into the word, acknowledge the sin, repent of the sin, and turn from it. Repentance means turning 180 degrees. Do all that you can to run from it. There's always a way from escape. There's always a way of escape. And you should flee from any temptation as much as you can and flee into the arms of the Lord. So that's all I got for you today. This was a heavy one. This was this was pretty big. Um but this was sitting on my laptop, just ready to, you know, get out. And you know what? If you felt a type of way about it, then I just pray that the Lord will allow you to receive the message and just walk with you on your journey because we're all at different points in our journey. Um, but I'm just here to bring the word. It's not really me. You you know this. I, I don't really do too much talking. I just be bringing the word. Okay, so I love you so much. Thank you so much for watching and listening. And I'll see you guys next week in the next one. Bye.